Tell me more. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Julie. Get ready. We're going deep. Like page 12 of the Google search deep. Are you ready for tonight's deep dive? I am very ready. I think you're going to love this one. Oh, I hope so. (laughs) Okay. So to get the guesses going, this was a limited series that I'm pretty like 99% sure you finished already on Netflix. Oh, Netflix. Recently. And it is loosely based on an event in history. Are we talking about Queen Charlotte? Yes. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. You knew. I finished the book too. I just finished the book last night. Oh, perfect. Okay. So then it's still fresh in your mind. Correct. (laughs) So... I know, like me, you were obsessed with the limited series. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it had me asking, like, what really did happen with Queen Charlotte? Like, how much of the series was true and how much of it was, you know, embellished or completely made up? Were you, like, lost on the Wikipedia pages because everyone has, like, 15 kids? I was, like, (laughs) going through all the pages, like, wait, their first kid, and then who is the Yes. Oh my God. The family tree is very confusing and we'll, we'll link it all up for you in the show notes. But before we jump in, just a friendly reminder, be sure to like, and subscribe to the tell me more podcast, leave us a review and just let us know what you're loving. Or if there's anything you want us to do a deep dive on, be sure to leave it in your reviews so we can bring you that content you want to hear. All right. Are you ready? I am so ready. Okay, let's jump in. So if you're living under a rock, (laughs) you may not know what this limited series was based on. So Queen Charlotte was part of the Bridgerton story, Shonda Rhimes for Netflix. It's a prequel to the Netflix series Bridgerton. So this story focuses on Queen Charlotte, young Queen Charlotte, and her rise to prominence and power in the late 18th century. It came out the beginning of May, 2023. Mm -hmm. So it's six episodes. I thought, I don't know your opinion. I thought they were like just long enough, not too long. I forget which episode it was. I had to actually rewatch some of it because I fell asleep during it. It might've been episode three or four. It was like a little too long for me. Yeah. I did think overall the episodes and the season in general were a little slower than the first two seasons of Bridgerton yes yeah I feel like there's a lot of setting up that they needed to Mm do for it and then the premise of the show is really focusing on two plot lines like one is in the present dealing with you know you see some of those Bridgerton characters like the queen and then you also see Lady Danbury who Mm we like learn a lot about and then Violet Bridgerton who we see even a little bit about her so if you have not watched the show stop listening <laughs> go <laughs> binge watch all six after episodes you watch it, come back to this because like there's lots of spoilers as we go through each episode and see you know what was true and what was completely made up because you mentioned lady danbury i wanted to say that the casting of young lady danbury was so damn good and she stole every scene i feel like the oh whole gosh, season yeah. was about her and not queen charlotte <laughs> Yes, I loved, obviously, and we'll get to this, but we don't get into Lady Danbury because <laughs> she's not she's real. A real character. Um, but I also loved 
young Lady Danbury, the actress that played her, like the storylines with her and just seeing kind of how she came to be. Because I think in especially season one of Bridgerton, we see her as this kind of like cool aunt, but has this like really cold side to her. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you agree. Like you can't really get to know her as a person, but like now watching Queen Charlotte, you you see exactly why she is the way she is. So the show Queen Charlotte begins with the death of the royal heir, Princess Charlotte. And we'll get to who she is and who (laughs) she is a child of um, later on. But this, the storyline for the present or present day Bridgerton series in the show is that the queen is putting pressure on her children to marry and produce a royal heir. And then the other storyline begins with Charlotte meeting and marrying King George. I thought it was absolute. like, I, I think I clearly didn't do as much research as you did because this is the main plot point that I researched was how in the heck they had 15 kids and no heir. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I also was confused by because they did have heirs they just the line would have stopped after their children so like that that got me a little confused because I'm like there is an heir they have like seven sons but yes. none of them had a legitimate born child they had lots yeah. of bastards for lack of a better word that's what they called it but yeah, yeah. oh yeah we're we're going to get into that. Okay. Um, I think, like if you're thinking present day royal family, mm-hmm. it's like, okay, you know, King Charles and then there's Prince William. And it's like, well, then wouldn't Prince Harry just be the next one in line for the throne? It's like, no, it goes to his children and then Prince Harry. So it's like mm-hmm. they kind of want someone to carry on that bloodline. Which... Right. You want it to be like the firstborn son of the firstborn son of the firstborn son. Yes, exactly. So as a whole from the series, what was true? Charlotte was married at 17. She was a noble princess from Germany. That is true. And that was depicted in the show. She did marry King George III and becomes the Queen of England and Ireland. Now that really confused me. And I know you're like history buff. (laughs) Why were they considered like the Queen or King of England and Ireland at the time and not just England? Well, Ireland was a separate country at that time. And at that time, it was even before Northern Ireland and Ireland separated. So eventually when those two separate, so the King of England currently is also the King of Northern Ireland. Okay. Okay. So it's like the United Kingdom they were. We'll see. And that's where I don't know if maybe at that time they didn't use the term United Kingdom. Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah, So it might be because they didn't use that term they listed out like every place that they were the king of okay gotcha so okay so we said that they get married in 1761 king george iii who is who's depicted in the show he took the throne in 1760 i believe the show portrayed him around 22 is that accurate believe so I know he was 81 when he died, and I think that was in 1818 or something like that. Oh, Oh, I think she died in 1818. He might have died a year or two later. Why do I have the dates? (laughs) Whoa. She definitely died in 1818, though. Okay, we'll get to that, because I do have it all at the end. (laughs) And they did have 15 children, but what they didn't really, I feel like they didn't really focus on in the show, is that only 13 of them survived. Only, Only 13. Yeah, only 13. Only 13. And look at 
we'll get down to like the each child and when they were born because oh my lord they were busy (laughs) all right so episode one is all about queen to be is what it's called it's all about them getting married and meeting what was true as what we as i said was that princess charlotte of wales does die in childbirth so princess charlotte is not to be confused with queen charlotte is the granddaughter of queen charlotte and she is the daughter of Prince George, who was their first child. Right. So she is the first child, actually the only child, because if he had a boy, yeah. he would trump yeah. her. But yeah, so yeah. like the only so, child of the oldest son. Yeah. So his, Prince George, the first son of Queen Charlotte and King George, have Princess Charlotte and dies during tra- childbirth. And she is Prince George's daughter. And he's married at that like his wife like he I don't know they like have a really bad relationship after that so after she dies like they don't have any more children or continue well like, I mean king later on I believe and we'll mm-hmm. get to that but they don't have like a good I believe because I did look into them too because I was trying to figure out why there was no hair I yeah. believe that after she gave birth to their daughter princess charlotte that they then completely lived separate lives because it was sort Mm -hmm. of like these were arranged marriages between Mm -hmm. like royal houses throughout Europe and they didn't like each other. None of them were choosing to be with each other. And so um, once she provided the heir, which was her duty, I don't even think they lived on like the same country after that. Yeah, And what I saw is that when he comes into rule, Prince George, who becomes, you know, King George the Fourth, when he's comes to rule, he doesn't even recognize his wife. At, he doesn't allow her to attend the coronation, and he doesn't even recognize her as like queen consort. They call them like mm-hmm. he doesn't even give her that title. So they had like a very loveless marriage compared to yeah, King not George. great. <laughs> yes. Apparently, the succession crisis was real. So when Queen Charlotte's saying this in the show, like, this was a real, like, the country really mourned after the death of uh, Princess Charlotte of Wales. And this was, as we'll find out, like, there will be an heir that's produced by Prince Edward, the fourth son of Charlotte and George, Victoria, who... Fun fact, there's another Netflix series about called Young Victoria. And that one is, I started watching it and it's really good. Well, and Queen Victoria is sort of infamous because, well, she also marries for love. She's like very much in love. I think her king was named Alfred, right? Yeah. And they also had like 10 kids, maybe. Am I right there? I didn't get to that part. but Well, what's interesting about her is that she arranged really incredible marriages for like all of her kids. So Queen Victoria at like, well, and then she was the longest running reigning monarch Mm -hmm. until Queen Elizabeth, but she was also, they would call her like the mother of Europe or the grandmother of Europe because she arranged marriages with like all her kids in almost every country in Europe. So then all of their children were like her grandchildren were like the royal families in like every country but then when world war one comes around because of this the three main three of the main countries involved england germany and russia have first cousins 
are all fighting each other. They're all first cousins. All of them have the same grandmother, Victoria. And if you look at pictures of them, they all look almost identical. Like they look like they could be brothers. Well, yeah, the bloodlines. Yes, it's not very. Don't her out. It's not very diverse. Correct. Yeah. All right. Another truth to the first episode is Queen Charlotte's brother, Adolphus. He did arrange the marriage to King George III. Um, He did accompany Charlotte to England and he attended the wedding. And it's also true that he never married, but he was not rumored to be like a bachelor or a, was it rogue? Was that like what they called them? Remember Bridgerton? Yeah. Rogue Rogue has a little bit of a negative connotation though. Yeah. He wasn't rumored to be like anything like that. He just was really into like tending to his land and everything and his- I guess like his duties that you know in in the show they have him proposing to Lady Danbury and her saying no and him being like kind of heartbroken but that was you know none of he never proposed to anyone at <laughs> when he was in England or anything now like Chelsea that. most importantly was mm-hmm. Prince Adolphus actually a hottie I have no information on that <laughs> Wikipedia does not have an answer <laughs> yeah yeah, I did not look at his portraits um, <laughs> to see. Okay, and the last thing from episode one, which I could find no evidence on, but I feel like it's highly unlikely, is the great experiment that they talk about, about incorporating different backgrounds into the court and the ton or whatever you want to call it. And there's no evidence of Princess Augusta inviting people of color to the wedding this is a major plot point in the show but there's no evidence of it happening in real life now I do think that there I think that Queen Charlotte really did have I believe it was um the Moors from Spain oh yes you have the info on that I'm so sorry this is where like being a history teacher is like (laughs) I like vaguely know about most of these things from when I taught history I hope I have prepared for nearly every question you could come up with so I know they didn't really touch too much on like her actual background in the show Mm -hmm. but they did you know make references to like oh well make her glow in that portrait like look Mm -hmm. at her features and stuff like that so obviously they don't have any have any record of Princess Augusta saying anything like that. Right, right. But there was, there is like different theories out there. And Queen Charlotte is a direct descendant of someone named Margarita. I'm probably gonna butcher this, De Castro y Souza, which was according to PBS, <laughs> a black branch of the Portuguese royal house. And mm-hmm. some historians point to Charlotte's portrait portraits which they believe depict the queen having African features and then descriptions of Charlotte's physical appearance at time were varied though so they said with the portraits it's hard to say like if that was actually her features or it was just a different artist and that's Mm -hmm. just how they painted or what they did like what colors they used a tale of two cities described Charlotte as a queen with a plain face Charlotte's physician called her small and crooked with a mulatto face. And then according to the (laughs) prime minister, her nose was too wide and her lips were too thick. So it's like, okay, there's like so many different descriptions of her. Like, I don't think you would ever know. Okay. So it's like a small percentage of her was 
from that Portuguese royal house. So it's hard to say. We'll never know. Right. Okay. Because the portraits aren't terribly They're accurate. Yeah. <laughs> now on to episode two, which was called Honeymoon Bliss. And it's basically <laughs> like George is like, okay, peace out. You live here. I live there. See ya. And she's mortified because she's like, this is not what I expected. You know how I watch TV. I don't know if our, our gentle listeners that was a Bridgerton reference, know <laughs> how I watch shows. But I am literally like Googling and searching everything. Chelsea, I know exactly how long it takes to get from Buckingham Palace to Q. How long? Because I didn't look that up. Well, because I was like, it's really weird that they have them, which I, I didn't even let you finish your sentence. But so he sets her up in Buckingham Palace. She's going to live there. He's going to live in Q, which is not spelled like the letter. Yes, <laughs> so- I did. I did. Didn't learn that until K-E-W. like today. yes yeah <laughs> q palace which also holds q gardens which yes. we'll get a little bit into that too later but, but so they move back and forth between those like they're adjacent properties right like okay, at so a couple different part are they? well so that's why i was like that seems weird that they're just like the one guy's out walking the dog and they meet in between and they go back yeah it would have taken two hours to walk that Really? Yeah. I mean, realistically, they're like 25 minutes away from each other by car, which is not terribly far. (laughs) Right. But they were in horse and carriage, which I can't look that up. But bike ride was like 45 (laughs) minutes. I thought that's kind of similar. You know how like Google Maps can give you the bike ride version. But by foot, it was like two hours. So that would be like a four hour round trip for like or I guess if they met in the middle, it would be like a two-hour round trip for who were that Reynolds and Reynolds Brimsley, and Brimsley yeah. to walk at the edge of the gardens and meet each other and go back. Mm-hmm. All right, that was my my tangent about where <laughs> Q and Buckingham are. Yes. So yeah. So George is at Q in the show. George is at Q and she is at Buckingham Palace. So for their honeymoon. So. I also went to like look into honeymoon, like why they called it that, because they also within this episode were like, this is a period of time where she's not supposed to see anyone. Mm-hmm. And it's basically supposed to be the two of them just doing it every day. So they that are they- to make an heir. <laughs> yeah, make an heir. And honeymoon comes from a few theories that present very different picture of the beloved vacation. So it does stem from a tradition back to the fifth century. Um, back then, newlywed couples would drink meat a honey-based alcohol after their first moon together as a married couple and the mead was a gift I don't even know if I'm saying that right is a gift from guests and it was believed to have an aphrodisiac property to help with conception did moon have to do with like the moon cycle because it was like two weeks right and like that's well honey is from the alcohol moon is their first moon or first night together Oh, gotcha. Okay. I was thinking the length had to do with like a moon cycle, you know, from like full moon to full moon or something is like two weeks. There, yeah. There was like nothing on why the, they had that, like what the length of time, mm-hmm. like the determined length of time, there was nothing on that, but yeah, it was, that was kind of the history of honey. Okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Fun fact. She does invite in the show, she invites Lady Danbury to Buckingham Palace for tea during this period of time where she's not supposed to be seeing other people. And as we mentioned, unfortunately, Lady Danbury is a fictional character. So this did not happen in real life. So she probably didn't actually have a nice friend. 
<laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, no, nothing, nothing that I could find. I also found no evidence on saying, like saying one way or the other, if they did or did not consummate their marriage on their wedding night. Um, apparently prior to the 18th century, it was someone's job to mm -hmm. watch them consummate the marriage on their wedding night, but they had moved on from that custom. So there's no record of it that I could find in the Royal Archives because I did go that deep into reading the Royal Archives. Like, um, I must know like, if they boned. <laughs> yeah, like, Dr. So-and-so, I'm in the wedding suite and they are boning. Check. <laughs> I didn't find anything like that. <laughs> okay, and then towards the end of this episode, you get a real glimpse into George and his mother's relationship, Pr Princess Augusta. Historians say that Princess Augusta kept her children secluded from from many after her husband's or the king's sudden death. Uh, there are rumors she had an affair with King George III's tutor, Earl Butte, who they do show in the show, but mm -hmm. or they reference him, like he's there during all those meetings, but mm -hmm. they didn't like shine any light on the relationship between Earl Butte and Princess Augusta. People didn't like the influence that the king's mother had over Butte and the king, which was interesting because what I found was that King George really apparently like did anything to be accommodating to his mother and Earl Butte. But in the show, I feel like he was very outwardly not a fan of them. <laughs> I don't know how to like say that. Yeah, he, like, like he was not... rooting for George to yeah. fail. Yeah. Very much so. Apparently pamphlets, because we know they existed back in the day, pamphlets were passed out at court and all throughout the town that read impeach the king's mother. So people did not like her at all. Oh, okay. So when his father died, when King George's father, Prince Frederick, Frederick died, he died unexpectedly in 1751 at the age of 44. And that's when George became the heir apparent. Fun fact about Princess Augusta was that she was almost passed up as Prince Fred Frederick, I can't say his name, that's really hard, <laughs> Frederick's bride by a lady, Diana Spencer. Does that name sound familiar? It does. Because she was a direct descendant of the, or I guess whatever the opposite of that is, 1981 Princess Diana. So Princess Diana, who married Prince Charles in 1981, was actually from a long line of Spencers. And that Lady Diana Spencer of 1710 almost married Prince Frederick. Frederick. Oh, okay. Interesting, right? Yeah, that is very interesting. With Princess Augusta instead. Any Quick questions? question. George's grandfather, he's mentioned as being cruel quite a few times. Did you get any info? Was that real? Was he? So this George's King George III's dad, Prince Frederick, and mm -hmm. his parents did not have a good relationship. There was like, they just had like, I don't want to say hatred, but that's how it came across. Like Prince Frederick did almost anything he could to make them unhappy. And like, for instance, when King George III was born, when Princess Augusta was going into labor, like she was in whatever royal residence with the king and queen at that time. And Prince Frederick, her husband and King George's dad was like, we're leaving this house and we're going to go to this house because I don't want my parents to be there when the heir, 
the first male or whatever is born. So like there was a lot of like drama. What's Um, the chance he was like poisoned and killed because his dad didn't want him to get the throne? It's it's possible, but he was, I mean, there's, yeah, it was unexpectedly, like they didn't say what it was, Mm -hmm. but yeah, there was a lot of like, just like drama between Prince Frederick and his parents. Okay. Okay. So episode three, we get into, they're having sex on even days and then there's a very ball. So this is where we get into how many children they had. So buckle up. (laughs) It's Uh, a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, I'm assuming they had a passionate sex life because of all of the children they had. They had, as we said earlier, 15 children and two died as children. So the first one they had, just listen to these times and then we'll go about like the time difference between each one. (laughs) Um, Prince George, who we already talked about, was the Prince of Wales. He was born in 1762. Then Prince Frederick was born Duke of York and Albany in 1763. One. That's a year. Yeah. (laughs) Prince William was born after that, Duke of Clarence, in 1765. So that's two years difference. Now, they're not given like months when these children were born. Yeah. These records. So you're just assuming that, you know, 10 months have gone by. (laughs) Princess or Charlotte, Princess Royal, was born in 1766. So a year. And then in the same year, so I don't know if they were twins or if one was born in like January and the other was born in December or how it went, was Prince Edward, Duke of Kent, also in 1766. Then we have Princess Augusta Sophia in 1768, Princess Elizabeth in 1770, that's two years, Prince Ernest, Duke of Cumberland in 1771, that's one year. Prince Augustus Frederick, Duke of Sussex of 1773. They get really creative with names here. Prince Adolphus, uh, which is the same name as Charlotte's brother, in 1774. So that's one year. Prince Mary in 1776. Princess Sophia in 1777. So that's one year. Prince Octavius, he was born in 1779 and died in 1783. So he was three or four when he died. Mm. Then there's Prince Alfred, who was born in 1780 and died in 1782. So he was two years old. And then the last one was Princess Amelia, 1783. That's a lot of children very quickly. Yeah, she had children for 21 years. Holy shit. And she was... So she had the first at like 17. Yeah, 1718, because they got married in 1761. She was 17. So she was 18 when she had the first child. And then 21 years later. So So she had them till 39. 39? Yeah, 18 plus 21. No, that's 39. That's what I said, 39. Oh, sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, 39. (laughs) That's insane. Yeah. Absolutely insane. No, thank you. Yeah, no, definitely no thanks. But also- Could you imagine being pregnant, right? Basically. Yeah, every year for 20 years. No. Like, oh, that sounds horrific. It's shocking that she never died in childbirth. I think that might be the most shocking part. That is true. But also, like, towards the end, those last children and the ones that died. Like, so she- had to be the first child that died in 1779. Then she's pregnant with the next child in 1780. Then 
he dies, then the one before him dies, and then she has another baby the same year Octavius dies. Oh my gosh. Like, that's, like, so traumatizing. I cannot, mm-hmm. like, I can't imagine having losing a child. No. But also being pregnant, like, that just sounds like, oh, God. <sighs> so anyway, she has all these kids, 21 years. I did read somewhere that she wasn't breastfeeding. She would just hand them off to the wet nurse. So that okay. kind of, like, probably, I don't know. At least, at least there's that. <laughs> yeah. So that's, you know, like I said, they're having sex on even days. Clearly it worked. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to see if there was like any method, like if that was like a method of conception back in the day, if that was, and I know in the show they're like, we'll have sex on even days. Like that's just what they come up with. Um, but there was nothing like that. That was a practice back then or something that was like, you know, said that they should do that <laughs> on even days or just they just said having sex like every other day it was oh, raw oh my god would you be if you it's were having black. sex on every even day for 21 years I mean it just I'm sorry but no thanks <laughs> I mean is she even getting her period though like if we're really getting she probably like- wasn't probably wasn't no thank you just no thank you right because well I guess if she's not breastfeeding she would probably have gotten it back within two months of child of giving birth yeah that's what I'm thinking yeah okay we we can move on from this (laughs) moving on to the next episode holding the king when and this is where they really get into treating King George and the Dr. Monroe So as Queen Charlotte depicts, the treatments George was put through were painful and inhumane and included wearing a straight jacket, bloodletting, blistering, and more. The actual name of the doctor who treated George in real life was Dr. Francis Willis. And he wrote in his own diary, which is on the Royal Archives, in March 1801, his majesty's feet were put in hot water and vinegar for half an hour. So that actually did happen. Like all the stuff that's depicted in the show, for the most part, was done to the king. In this instance, that in the diary entry, he said, soon after this, his majesty put on such an appearance of being exhausted that his life was despaired of, his pulse too had rapidly increased. So there were some horrible, horrible things done to him. And unfortunately, what the show depicts is pretty accurate. And, you know, they don't really get into like what his diagnosis is in the show. And it's still really unknown because they can't dig up his body and do it like they would never do anything like that. But a lot of historians would go back and say he had this like this blood disorder that made him act this way. And then more presently, physicians are saying that they think he's like, he was bipolar and was having like these manic episodes. And that's what you would, you know, how you would describe these episodes he had. Mm -hmm. So from the book, they were a little, I feel like they were described in more detail in the book than you saw in the show. Like in the show, you had the one where he was like writing on the wall when she woke up and then he like ran into the garden and stripped naked I guess there was just like you know with any book they can add more detail yeah and I would say that the way that the book described them did not look like a manic episode yeah 
I mean, there were aspects of it that could be, but there also seemed to be like an actual break with reality too. Yeah. like Whereas a manic episode, you don't actually, not always, but a manic episode, you could just, you know, go on a shopping spree with money you don't have, but you're not like thinking people are planets or do you know what I mean? Yeah. He's not like hallucinating. And I think like, yeah, there's some things that like don't hold up with the bipolar diagnosis. And like when I talked to my coworkers about this and like, we were like, (laughs) is he like schizophrenic? Like it almost seems like he has got like Mm -hmm. a, like a, a few things going on that are not just like maybe this blood disorder, but are also like mentally health mental health related disorders um and you know like they didn't know how to treat these things back then because they didn't understand them so who knows if the treatments he was getting were helping or making it worse that's true and isn't there or aren't there aren't there different like blood diseases like not necessarily like a disorder like when people say blood disorder I think you think about like hemophilia like the one that the the prince had in Russia right where you like bleed there's like blood poisonings almost that can happen from like everyday objects that they wouldn't have even known then like think about all the things that had like lead in them that could also mess with like your brain chemistry well and that's what um some of the things I saw in the Royal archives were like when they took a blood sample of him, they found like high, like after his death, they found like high levels of arsenic in his blood, okay. which is not good. But they also no. said some of the treatments that they were giving him of like these medicinal type drinks mm-hmm. or whatever had arsenic in them. So it's <laughs> what? Like, what do you Yeah. Doing? Like they might've been doing more harm than good yeah. in treating him. Yeah. So they said, um, you know, the first instance of his mental affliction, they called it, was in 1765. So we know they're married in 1761. And his mental affliction was so serious that his ministers proposed having Charlotte temporarily take the throne while the king was incapacitated. Mm. Uh, He would experience mania, depression, hallucinations, convulsions, and over time, his manic episodes turned lengthy. And this is in, you know, in 17, I believe it was like 81. And then again, in 85 or something, you know, 20 years down the road that they would were forcing him to be like isolated and incarcerated in his residence. Mm-hmm. And um, then eventually, while he's still alive, which this very rarely happens with the royal family, they put the prince of wales in charge he's the prince regent and that's how you get the regency era my next line after his son george took over the throne as king regent uh king george the third would remain ill for the rest of his life in the modern classification of mental illness acute mania now appears to be the diagnosis that fits best with the available data okay and so prince george takes the Prince George of Wales, so he'll become Prince George the Fourth. King George, King, sorry, King George the Fourth. 
Yes. Uh, Too many people with the same name. I know, like mix it up a little. He took the throne from his father at 48 years old in 1811 due to King George's mental illness. Mm -hmm. So Prince George of Wales or King George IV (laughs) was the uncle of Queen Victoria, who we talked Mm -hmm. about earlier. And she would take the throne in 1837 at 18 years old, um, which makes... But also not from him. Another brother gets it between them, right? Um, yes. And then so Queen Victoria, it makes her Queen Charlotte is Victoria's grandmother. And mm-hmm. you're trying to follow <laughs> the succession. Yes. Okay. Jumping back to the episode, we are on episode five. There's only six episodes. So we're almost there. This episode was called Gardens of Bloom. And this is when Charlotte is pregnant. So did Dowager Princess Augusta live with Charlotte when she was pregnant? Because that's a big thing. Like she's mm-hmm. like, I'm going to live in with you. There is no evidence of this. There was some information on her living at Kew Palace, which we talked about, when she was married to Frederick, the king. She died at Carlton House, which is another royal residence of throat cancer, Mm. but there was no information on if she lived with Charlotte at Buckingham. I mean, if she wanted to live with her every time she was pregnant, that was about to become a 21-year commitment. Yeah, that's a commitment, exactly. We also see in the show that the Dowager Princess Augusta tries to get information from Lady Danbury. Now we know Lady Danbury is a fictional character, but she did try to get information from members of Queen Charlotte's chamber and the court. And actually, oh, I bet she did. Oh yeah, uh, Princess Augusta actually picked Charlotte's staff and court, which was highly unusual. So she like had control over everything. So kind of touching on the doctors a little bit, because in the show, it's depicted that Princess Augusta was the one who picked the doctor with the untraditional methods at the time. So was it Princess Augusta or was it Queen Charlotte? It was actually, according to Royal Archives, and it was actually Queen Charlotte who found Dr. Willis, and he didn't have any documented episodes of, you know, the... um, like the severity of that you hear in, until like 20 years into their marriage. Now there was that one first one four years in, but then everything else like that was documented in the Royal archives was in the 1780s. Okay. Okay. So that was episode five. Episode six was the last episode. And I loved how it all came together because you kind of see how she kind of like, Queen Charlotte stops the treatment that he's receiving. And then they have their baby. They introduced him. There's no evidence of any of this, but they, you know, kind of tie up all the loose ends in the end. They're like looking at each other under the bed. Mm. And then it's announced, as we talked about earlier, that the one son, Prince Edward, Mm. has made, like, has actually... Con- like not conceived but i guess conceived. his wife has conceived, wife has conceived. a legitimate heir and yes so there's no talk of that in the royal archives how many illegitimate heirs yeah yes so i did see that there was like she, and she says that in the show which i love that line she's like horse to my left virgins to my right <laughs> Which was like an awesome line. But yes, there were no legitimate heirs to her throne. But they did say there were like tens of, tens of maybe hundreds of illegitimate heirs to her (laughs) throne between all of her children. 
So little key things to wrap up that maybe the show got into, but maybe they didn't. Can I ask well, a question? Yeah. Yeah. And maybe you're going to, maybe this is one of the things. Is there any evidence that they were a true love match, which was rare for these royal marriages compared to like, you know, their firstborn son who had one baby with his wife and then they lived separately. Yes. I mean, they were pounding it out for at least 21 years. So like, is that like, do we just base that as our evidence or? No. Reports say the king and queen had an unusually happy marriage and George III was a devoted father and husband. They're saying there's no record that he had like a lover or a... Okay, and they're usually, they usually have like an official mistress. Yes, there was no mistress or anything. They said the king and queen reportedly slept in the same bed, which was unusual at the time until King George's madness separated them. So cute. It's real. I mean, it was a arranged marriage, but I think they yeah. did like, learn to love each other. So what I was wondering was, was King George III really into astronomy? Because they do oh. show the observatory at Kew. And, you know, was that a real thing? And according to research and historians, yes, he was the first king to study science as part of his education. He did have his own astro- astronomical <laughs> astronomical astronomical (laughs) observatory and examples of his collection of scientific instruments can now be seen in the royal science museum and then also another fun fact that is true from the show is that while you can view his drawings and calculations of the transit of venus across the sun in june on june 23rd 1769 and his forecasts of oh, this were accurate nice. so what he figured out was actually accurate and forecasts of further transits in 17 1874 and 2004 via the georgian georgian papers portal which is part of the royal archives wow okay so like he was on to something i mean he may have been in a manic episode but he was right another thing i was wondering like was he really like farmer george was that really a nickname he had and that is true okay um, during his reign, George III acquired the nickname Farmer George, in part due to his agricultural interests and in part as a playful pun. Their survival of private papers offers one of the best opportunities to assess the true character and extent of George III's agricultural interests, including many notes made by him on agricultural books. He is very into that. Also, with the Farmer George, he had a love of botany and plants as well. Okay. Can I history nerd out for a second? Yeah, because that's all I got. Okay, well, so this didn't come up at all in the book because it was really more about like, or the show, I'm sorry. They're the same, basically. But because that was all about the love story. Uh But he is the king during the American Revolution. Oh, yes. I wanted to talk about that. Oh, okay. What do you got? Okay. So I did have that in mind. And I did not realize that until I was going through and seeing the dates. Mm -hmm. And when you look through the Royal Archives, they do like touch on that. Because I was like, 1776. (laughs) That's that's an important date, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. And... Yeah. So I was like, wow. Like, so I, you know, I know that you weren't into this play, but I was really into Hamilton. Oh, Hamilton. Yeah. And they like have many references to the king. And I'm like, oh, this is King George. Like they called him mad, mad, the mad king. king. Yeah. 
the Mad King. And I'm like, oh my God, that's who they were talking about. So it's kind of weird to see him like with Queen From Charlie. From the flip side, and yeah. Yeah, way. But yeah, it's really kind of crazy. <laughs> like, well, that was exactly what I was going to point out is that it's really funny that Americans are like going wild for this story. And it's about the king that we fought for our independence against yeah, and, <laughs> and then you find out he was actually like insane and it, he really probably had nothing to do with any of it yeah so yeah like he was just a figurehead because he wasn't capable of as they show in the show like speaking at parliament mm-hmm. like he was really just you know he was about to be like replaced by queen charlotte and then his son so he yeah. like who knows what he actually had a say in during that time it was probably more the prime minister and I don't and know is she is she the Charlotte that Charlotte um is it Char- South Carolina or North Carolina Char- where Charlotte um I didn't see anything on that but actually Princess Augusta like she is so if you're familiar with like Augusta Georgia mm-hmm. they said like that's that's like part of like she was that place that was, was named, named after her, her. yeah <sighs> that's a lot I love a history lesson. Yeah, I knew you would like it. Not just because of the Queen Charlotte show, but because you love history. And if you really want to nerd out, definitely go look at those royal archives. I probably will, especially because I'm going to throw a plug in here for our other podcast called But the Book Was Better. And we next week's episode will be about Queen Charlotte, the book, comparing the book and the show. Because... um, we're obsessed with the Bridgerton books and shows and anything Shonda Rhimes does in my opinion well yeah and anything anything Julia Quinn and Shonda Rhimes if we're talking book nerd and show Bridgerton universe I know I feel like the Bridgerton universe is like for me like the Marvel universe is for like other agree people. I 100% agree like I would watch any of this over any of those lame superhero movies <laughs> I know right and this got me so much more excited for season three of Bridgerton yeah well that's it for this episode do you have something you want us to deep dive on send us an email with the topic to julie at vermontmoms.com and be sure to come hang out with us on facebook and instagram at vt mom if you want to dive deeper into any of the topics we present here shoot us a dm on the gram we love to chat don't forget to rate and review this podcast and subscribe so you know when each new episode is released